Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you may be expecting an In the Boardroom episode today, and I'm sorry, it's just me. There's a reason for that, though. I have been doing some reflecting, and I'm super excited to have guests on the podcast, but I think it's just a little too ambitious to have them on every two weeks, A, because I am desperate to talk about this very long list that I've curated from questions from you guys to topics that I want to talk about. And I'm just worried that if I only get two episodes a month with just me, I'm never going to get through it. And it's going to take ages to get to the questions that you guys have asked to be on the podcast. And also, I just really want to make sure or as always, that the quality of the podcast is good. And I don't want to be like rushing to get a guest on because, you know, I just want it to be of high quality and I want the guests to be of high quality. And I just think that if I'm having them on once a month rather than once a fortnight, it just keeps the quality of the pod being good. And also it makes sure that I'm talking about all of the things that you guys really want me to talk about, which is the main thing. So it's just me today and I've got a mix mash worth of topics as always. The first one sounds a little bit rogue, but I'll talk through it. It's basically the importance of documenting your skills and achievements in detail from academically in your roles, I'm I'm not even going to deep dive into it because that's what the segment's for and it's a little bit convoluted why I'm doing it and why I find it valuable. So I'm just going to deep dive into that shortly. Then a little bit of fluff as always. And I'm going to talk about why Bravo is my favorite thing ever. And I know that some of you guys will be Bravo girlies also and think that it's incredible. And some of you guys may have absolutely no idea what Bravo is. So just stay tuned and we'll go through it. And then to wrap up, I'm going to talk about wedding prep. My wedding is in under three months, guys, (laughs) three months. So I am obviously doing prep daily, weekly, monthly in prep for my wedding and I know that there are a lot of engaged girls that listen to this podcast because I get heaps of questions from you guys on wedding prep so hopefully I can answer some of your questions so let's jump into it. Okay so this concept is I'm sure something that is encouraged by like everyone that has ever like written a CV, anyone that has ever had to write a resume, anyone that has ever applied for a job or even just graduated uni or tried to figure out what the heck they want to do. But I started this process probably six months ago because I felt like I had forgotten how much I'd actually done. So I don't think you need to be applying for a role, looking for a job for any reason to do this task. I think that this is a something like a live document that you should be updating regularly, even if you're super comfortable in your role or you're still at uni and you're not looking for a, a different job. I think that this is a really valuable tool to have. So I've started doing this about six months ago, but basically I, this is not, you know, complex in any way. I don't have some fancy system to do this, but I started a Word document and I went back to the beginning. And by the beginning for me, I mean 2016 when I started my security studies degree and 2017 when I added law and did a double. I went through every single subject that I've ever done at uni. And now that I'm in my last one, all the way back to my first. And honestly, guys, that's a journey. If you're like me and you've done a really extensive, like in terms of time, 
like a long degree. You've I like forgot about some of the subjects that I did in the beginning. I forgot about some of my favorite subjects and subjects that I really excelled at all the way back in the beginning. And that is kind of a journey in and of itself and can be a really like comforting, I guess, task to do because you forget how much you learned, you forget how much you did, and it can be a really nice time to pat yourself on the back at all the things that you've done well. But more specifically, obviously, if you're not a uni student, this is going to be rogue to you, but I'm sure that it's applicable to even things that you learned in high school. If you've done like a graduate certificate, a diploma, a grad cert, three, four, five, like in anything that this can be applicable. But just because I'm a you know university student, I'm going to speak from my own experience. I went back to all of my units I've ever done I looked at all the ones that obviously I I had a particular focus on the ones that I feel like I did best in and the ones that I loved, but I did do this task for everything. And basically I looked at all the learning outcomes that I fulfilled doing these units and I quite literally listed them. And this list was obscene. There were like hundreds of dot points. I then consolidated and realized all of the topics I had learnt, all of the learning outcomes that I had fulfilled. And honestly, guys, that is insane. If you ever question why you do something and whether or not going to university was worth it, whether you remember it, whether you found it valuable or not, going back and realizing how many learning outcomes you fulfilled and ticked is insane. Basically, I started like the top of the word document with like university listed the degree, listed the start date, the end date, and went unit by unit, broke down what I learned, you know, what my grade was, whatever. That in and of itself, like these are topics and things that you did and potentially did well in. These are things that you can use in applications for jobs. You can use at any time when you have to, you know, have a CV for anything, whether it be a long bio, a short bio. These are things you've learned, things you've done. If you're applying for your first job out of uni, these learning outcomes can be so valuable to try and put into words what you've learned and how you learned it. Because sometimes articulating your skills and articulating your experience can be one of the hardest things about applying for jobs and entering a corporate job or even, you know, any role, whether you're applying to work at a law firm or anything. It can be really hard to explain to people what you know, because sometimes you can forget what you know. It's really, really a valuable task to go back and get into the detail again, even just like overviews of what the unit was and the topics that you covered. It's so incredibly valuable, but I do find that universities are very explicit in the learning outcomes about what is intended to be gained from that unit or that course. So that can be a really valuable tool. So whatever education, if any, you have had in that capacity, go back and rip it to pieces and put it in a Word document of everything you have learned. Then the next step. For me, I've had multiple jobs in various companies and I found it really valuable to write down every single skill that I feel that I have 
learnt in these roles. It could be more holistic. It could be about, you know, communication. It could be about teamwork. It could be about, you know, learning to be self-motivated. It could be a million different things that you can learn in a, in a work environment. But then also whatever industry you're in or have experience in, whether it be one or 10, actually getting into the nitty gritty about the topics that you have become, you know, proficient in and getting quite specific about that role or that field that you've worked in, whether you trained staff, whether you, you know, there's a million things, even feedback, go and find any written formal feedback that anyone has ever given you and take note of who said it, who wrote it, when it was and what it was in reference to. And honestly, guys, it was like it's a live document, obviously, because like you're constantly learning things in whatever job you have or whatever role you have. You're constantly upskilling in any way, shape or form. And it is so incredibly valuable and important for your growth and your career and even just for you, if you never end up doing anything with the document, it is so incredibly valuable and fulfilling to have on paper your achievements. Because obviously at the end of a degree, you get that piece of paper, you graduate, that's great. You get admitted as a lawyer, cool, I'm a lawyer, done. But the steps that were taken to do that, even in whatever job you've ever had, whether you were there for six months or five years, the things that you learn and the day-to-day, month-to-month steps that you take to be skilled and proficient in that job, it's really easy to forget about the minutiae. And it's so easy to just be like, I had this job, this is what I did, or I got this degree, so now I'm a lawyer. It's like, hold on a minute, like the amount of micro skills and topics and you know, frameworks that you learnt every single day or week or month was tedious and arduous and long and required hard work and, you know, persistence and determination and effort. And I think that it's really easy to forget about those things, but that's what makes you valuable. You've put in all this time and all this effort and all this work to be good at something and to be qualified in something. I think getting into the detail is absolutely important. And I think that even just as an exercise to pat yourself on the back every once in a while and be like, wow, like look at what I've achieved and look at what I know that I didn't know you know, 10 years ago or, you know, however long it's been. I've just found the exercise to be really validating and comforting and fulfilling to do it. And I obviously intend probably every couple of months to revisit it and be like, what have I learned? What new skills have I developed? Have I gotten any great feedback from anyone that I've worked with or, you know, spoken to or connected with in, uh, you know, your wider network? It's so important because it's really easy to forget when you're just kind of going through the motions of your normal life. It's really easy to forget to do tasks like this. And then it can be really difficult retrospectively to have to go back and sift through, you know, potentially five, 10 years worth of stuff. So I guess this is more what I've done, why I've done it, and maybe how you guys can do it, but also just how valuable I found this task, particularly if you're feeling a little bit, maybe you might feel a bit lost. 
I think that this could also be really helpful for you if you're kind of like trying to, you know, get on paper and organize your thoughts about what you're good at and what you've learned and how you've learned it. This has been like that, that would be an incredible task and that would be a really great way to get your thoughts together. So that's what I've done over the last six months and I'm loving having it in the back of my mind, like every couple of months, making sure that I update it and, you know, keep my skills and achievements clear and on paper. So that's an amazing task for you guys to go and do and just make sure that you're documenting everything that you've done because you deserve it. Okay, now this one is going to appeal to some of you and is going to be a completely just nothing topic for the other half of you, but I'm doing this for the Bravo girlies. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Bravo is a TV network that is exceptionally popular and hosts a bajillion different forms of reality television. So I would say I discovered and became absolutely obsessed with all things Bravo a few years ago. I think my sister first got me on to Vanderpump Rules, which I'll talk about. But I think, yeah, and maybe like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I'm not even sure. But they were my entry point into Bravo. And I honestly can't remember what my life was like without having these shows in my like weekly, monthly life. I honestly think that bravo television which basically guys as well because obviously we're not most of you i guess aren't in america or if you're australian like me you can't watch bravo like on bravo the channel because it's an american channel but hey you is the streaming service that you can get in australia which basically has everything that would be on bravo on hey you i don't love the platform in and of itself it is not the most user-friendly platform but if any of you guys know anywhere else to watch these shows like please hit me up because it's a nightmare but I think that it's not a nightmare that's like a bit harsh but it's just not user-friendly like it can be a little bit of a pain like it glitches sometimes and it just the app isn't like amazing however it does do the job and you get all the episodes like same day as the US so you're on top of stuff which is really the most important thing so Anyway, I was basically going to go through and rank my favorite shows on Bravo. And this will be a really good like entry point if you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you've seen these shows like on buses and you've seen Hey You advertised everywhere and you want to like get into reality TV. This is it, guys. This is your sign. I'm going to tell you the best ones. You're not going to get a dud through any of these like if this is your thing like you're gonna fall in love with it and then just like sell your soul to the bravo devil anyway i've gotten friends into these shows like i have i'm ride or die guys like i'm ride or die i've sat through like over 10 seasons of some of these shows like they genuinely they are the best form of escapism. If you live like a busy life, you live potentially a very cerebral life, you deal with maybe you work in numbers, you work in law, you work in medicine, you could work in like a serious field. There is nothing that switches your brain off and gives you a hit of dopamine like a Bravo TV show. So just hear me out before you say it's fluff and it's silliness because it is. And that's why I love it so much. So I'm going to talk about like my like, Mount Rushmore, you know, shows. These are my iconic Bravo shows that I just, I'm ride or die with. So I would say that I entered into 
Bravo through Vanderpump Rules. If you have no idea what Vanderpump Rules is, it's a Bravo show that's going into its ninth season literally this week and basically follows, if you've watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, one of the Real Housewives named Lisa Vanderpump owns a lot of restaurants in West Hollywood. And the show originally started with following the staff. All the drama, they all dated each other, they all slept with each other, they all are friends with each other, and they all have a million complicated dynamics and relationships, and it is the most entertaining thing to watch ever. These shows are obviously produced to some capacity, but they're not highly produced, I would say. Like, all these friendships are genuine. All these relationships are genuine. A lot of the drama feels incredibly genuine. And I feel like, yeah, Vanderpump Rules was my entry point, but it's also, like, still to this day, like, one of my favorites. Off the back of that, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is an OG and will never not be like the crowning jewel of the Real Housewives. I think that they're into like their 13th season or something crazy. And some of the cast members, particularly like Kyle Richards, if you've ever heard of her, she's been on the show. She's also like the, um, she's the aunt of Paris Hilton. And like, she's been on the show since its first season. And she's an absolute, like we, we stand her. She's great. But they, they obviously go through different cast members. You'll have people leave. You'll have people come, go, whatever. They deal with so much insane drama. Like you can't even believe that it could possibly happen. But I think as well, like one thing about The Real Housewives that I didn't anticipate that has come up a lot in a bunch of different franchises and storylines, but there's been so much legal drama in the Real Housewives franchise, like Real Housewives of BH and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is also an absolute winner of a franchise if you're looking for one. They've had like Erica Jane on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills who went through heaps of legal drama with her husband, Tom Girardi, who was a lawyer. They basically like accused him of like defrauding widows and orphans and like burn victims and plane crash victims and like had ran this Ponzi scheme out of his law firm. And he was like one of the most celebrated like defense attorneys in America and she basically got roped into all of it. She like signed documents and like she was, a, you know, complicit, people thought. I don't think that case is like fully completely over, but the whole thing pretty much plays out on television. Like it is juicy, guys. Like it is the juiciest stuff. And like I think it's just kind of hectic to me. Like and, and sorry, like before I like divert on Salt Lake City, Jen Shah recently got sentenced to six and a half years in prison for money laundering and wire fraud. Like that's real shit, guys. Like that is hectic. That's not like Real Housewives drama. Like, you know, you said something behind someone's back and now they're pissed. Like that's some real heavy shit TV or otherwise. And I just didn't expect that kind of drama I guess like I didn't expect that kind of like real heavy hectic drama on Real Housewives so don't think that all the drama is frivolous like it absolutely can be but in many ways it can also be really real and pun fully intended Real Housewives can be super real um but it's yeah that's actually been so hectic following some of these housewives through their legal troubles has been kind of fascinating and crazy and a massive spectacle to watch so I would say that Beverly Hills and Salt Lake City are some of my favorite Real Housewives, but 
Real Housewives of New York, guys, you can't beat it. I think I've rewatched Real Housewives of New York like a bisquillion times. I don't even know how many times. Sometimes I just have it on in the background. Thomas like hops on me about it. He doesn't understand how I can be calmed down by like women screaming at each other and like all this drama. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like it is so far removed from my world. I have like a strictly like no drama policy in my life. Like I don't engage anymore at my age with drama like my friendships bar I don't know I've had drama in the last couple years with a few people but like not really you know what I mean like I cut drama out like a tumor so quickly I just don't cope well with it at 25 I'm like no more I have no tolerance for this so any of this happening in my real life like it just it would never you know what I mean like this drama is so crazy that I can't even imagine it being in my life so watching it I mean you can't beat it like you feel like you're in it you like you're in it with none of the you don't get dirty like you're in it but you stay clean you know what I mean like you feel like you're a part of it but there's no drama so Highly recommend Real Housewives of New York, Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City, and Real Housewives of Dallas. I know that that's such a rogue opinion. If you're a Real Housewives girl, like, you know, that that's like a not a very popular franchise. But Dallas, I think, did five, four, four or five seasons, and then they cut it, which is such like. When they canceled that show, I was like, that is such a bummer. Like, the drama was hectic. Like, I absolutely loved it. But they cut it after, like, five seasons. So if you're looking for one without the commitment, Dallas is probably it. Because BH, NYC, Salt Lake City, they all have, like – Salt Lake City's new, so I think they've only got three seasons. But BH and New York, they've got, like, 10-plus. So that's a commitment. A lot of the early episodes of these shows are a little – dated to say the least like they can be a little tough to watch some of the earlier seasons because it feels like it was filmed in like early 2000s not early 2000s but like 10 years ago so like 2010 2009 2008 that kind of time like 10 plus years so you're sort of like oh god like this dates but you need the foundational knowledge about all of the people and the drama and all of their history so start from the beginning tough out a few seasons and then honestly it starts to get Oh, just chef's kiss. I would say two of my other three, sorry, three of my other favorite shows on Bravo are Southern Charm. Southern Charm is set in Charleston, uh, North, South Carolina, North Carolina. I can't remember where Charleston is. I want to say it's South Carolina, but I could be wrong. And it's basically like exactly what you would expect a show called Southern Charm to be about. It's about a lot of people that live in the South. They live super differently to most people. They have like a very elite group of people from very wealthy families and, you know, have names that, you know, fought the Civil War and like that whole vibe. And I think they have like seven seasons and they're still filming. So Southern Charm is hectic. And then two other shows that are amazing are Summer House and Winter House. It basically follows a group of people that go to both the Hamptons in summer and I think they went to Vermont in the winter. And basically they have security cameras in the house that they all share. And also obviously like a camera crew that follows them as well. And it records their summer and their winter and the dynamics with all the people in the house. That is like, 
it's like Big Brother on crack, but like without the challenges and the crap and the sitting there talking to, do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like the Bravo version of Big Brother, but it is so insanely good. Like Summer House would be what I would watch first and then I would dive into Winter House. So they're my favorite Bravo shows. I'm sorry if you have no interest, but I know that there are a lot of girls out there just like me who love the same shit I love and Bravo is the best. So if you haven't watched it or you need some recommendations, I hope that was helpful. Okay, for the final segment of the pod, I want to talk about wedding prep. So no secret, I'm getting married in under three months, 6th of May. It is coming so quickly. I'm getting very, very excited, but also any engaged person will know, but also like anyone could imagine that that lead up to your wedding the couple of months prior it starts to feel very real and any prep that you haven't done or haven't prioritized, you're like, oh shit, I better get onto that. So in terms of the more logistics, I'm not going to, I'm going to do, I think probably an entire episode dedicated to like my wedding when it's over and also like go into the details about the planning and the fashion and all the style choices that we made. But obviously I don't want to do any of that before it's actually happened. So this is more prep personally, not so much wedding, the wedding itself prep, because obviously we have a wedding planner. There's a lot of like to do's that come up in the last couple of months. Um, But this is more about like myself, like how I'm prepping for the wedding. So I have started, obviously last year, I started prioritizing my health way more than I ever have before. But I would say that I'm definitely, I've ramped it the heck up in the last like couple of weeks and will continue to do so until I get to the day. But I am exercising a little bit more. I am eating as healthy as I can with like a cheat meal or two a week for sure. I'm trying to drink less. I'm not cutting out alcohol completely because I don't think I have to like I don't I don't see the point like I'm a social drinker I don't drink alone I don't drink during the week I drink probably one day on the weekend it could be Friday night could be Saturday night on the rare occasion I'll have something both nights that I would drink at and yeah I think that's a safe moderate normal amount of alcohol to consume I'm not too worried about that and I don't see the need to cut alcohol out entirely but I would say I'm just more careful about when I drink and try and minimize it if I can. I'm definitely not having any like huge nights. I'm, you know, trying to keep it to a safe, moderate amount of drinking because I just feel like it completely like for me, if I have a big night and I'm hungover the next day, like I'm less likely to eat healthy. I'm less likely to want to work out. I'm less likely to do anything that could be good for my like you know, well-being the next day or even days after. Like I'm old now, guys. I feel my hangovers like next level. So yeah, drinking in moderation for sure. I think as well, like I've started doing a lot of like beauty prep. So I'm seeing a skin icon in Paddington. Her name's Lisa Rush. I've only been once, but I go again on Saturday. I uh, am putting in monthly appointments up until the wedding to get a hydrofacial, which basically I'm not even going to, I'm going to butcher it, but it's 
so immensely hydrating for your face. It puts all the moisture back into your face and it sucks out all of your congestion. And then it puts you under an LED light for a little while as well, which is really good for your skin and for pigmentation, etc. So it's basically just... It's designed for younger skin. So if you're in your 20s or 30s, it's probably perfect. And it just gives your skin like a, you know, rejuvenation. I'm doing that once a month. I might also invest in microneedling maybe a month or two prior. So probably not this month, but maybe in March. Microneedling is so good. It's sort of like they do little, very, very small needling over your face. It's really good for pigmentation and it gets rid of any marks or scarring. I don't really have any scarring, but I just think for overall skin texture, it can be really positive. So I'm not really a once a month facial girl in life, but with with the wedding like so close i've definitely prioritized it and i'm doing that once a month i am trying a few different things on my nails i'm going and getting my nails done i recently got a really beautiful french tip which i love and i'm considering having for the wedding but over the next couple of months each month i'm going and getting something different i'm going to keep it very very natural obviously i'll do like a french tip or a nude or something along those lines, maybe like, you know, I don't even know, like I have like a Pinterest board with nail inspo, but I think I'm keeping it quite simple and natural, but I just want to try a couple of things, see which one I like the most so that when it comes to like the week of the wedding and I go and get my nails done, I know that I've got, you know, I've got it sorted. So that's definitely been a task as well that I've started, but will also continue over the next couple of months. I think as well, something that I have literally done for the first time a few days ago, and I'm going tonight with Tom, is infrared saunas. Guys, if you haven't heard of it, like go look it up. I go to Rimba Sweat in Neutral Bay and I've like signed up for a membership. Basically, you go into these little pods, they're infrared saunas, they're like 60 degrees. You sweat more than I've never sweat so much in my life. I thought I would be so uncomfortable. I'm like claustrophobic. I loved it. You literally just sit there, you sweat for 40 minutes, 50 minutes, then you shower and you leave. I highly recommend it. I felt so rejuvenated, clean, detoxified after leaving. I absolutely loved it. I think the benefits of, I'm going to butcher it and I probably won't remember all of them, but the benefits of infrared saunas are so, so incredible. They just, sweating is your body's natural way of detoxing. So it gets everything out of your body that shouldn't, shouldn't be in there. And you sweat it all out. You sweat way more than you would from like traditional exercise or anything like that. And you're literally just sitting there. They have TVs there. Like you can just watch a show, you know, the speakers are in the sauna. It's so good. And It's also like amazing for your circulatory system, your blood pressure. It is incredible for your skin. It's really good for your skin to sweat. It's really good for your skin's texture and to clear your skin. It's great for weight loss. I think you can burn up to like 600 calories in one session and you're literally sitting there, guys. Like it's the lazy girl's dream. Like go to an infrared sauna a couple times a week. It's like you did like two workouts, three workouts. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm not advertising that though, guys. Like do your research, make sure you're comfortable with it. But I'm obsessed with it. And I think I didn't expect to love it so much. So I'm definitely going to be doing infrared saunering a lot more in the lead up to the wedding because I just, it makes me feel so good. And I know that it'll be amazing for my skin and my body 
And I'm definitely going to keep it up post-wedding as well because I just think it's a really good form of self-care. I'm trying to think of some other things that I've been doing, but I think that that is the bulk of it. I think with my hair growth journey, I've talked about it a little bit on TikTok, but I'm definitely investing a little bit more. I would love to have like another inch, inch and a half on my hair for the wedding. I don't have short hair. It's like just below my boobs, but I would love it to be a little bit longer. Um, So I'm using rosemary oil, castor oil, and a scalp massager, like once or twice a week, letting it soak in. I also use like a leave-in conditioner so that I, when I, when I go and trim my hair, they don't have to take a lot off because it's in really good nick. Um, so I'm definitely investing more time in hair growth. I take supplements. I take JS Health Hair and Energy. I also take the Hair Elixir by Wellco. So if you are looking to grow your hair, they're my tips. I've already noticed that it's grown a little bit, but it's also that time of year where my hair molts like crazy. So I'm surprised I have any hair left. Like when I go shower, guys, like so much hair falls out. I'm like, oh my God, am I bald? But I'm not. And I think it's okay because I haven't noticed any like drastic changes in thickness. But I think that these tips really help with hair growth. And I did my research before buying these oils and stuff. And there was a lot of anecdotal reports. I buy everything, like all of them off Amazon. I also bought the scalp massager off Amazon. So yeah, they're my tips for hair growth and I'll keep you guys updated on the journey. And yeah. So if you're getting married in the foreseeable future, or you just want to add a little bit more self-care to your life, they are some things that I'm doing at the moment in prep for the wedding day. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, feel free to reach out to me on the Kindest Regards Pod Instagram or my Instagram, Katherine Ray Robinson, or on TikTok at Katherine Ray Rob. I love chatting to you guys and please feel free to let me know any topics you'd love for me to talk about on the podcast. But I will chat to you guys next week. <laughs>